This is episode four with Juliette Brun, the fun-loving founder of Juliette and Chocolat, the nine chocolate dessert restaurants in the Montreal region in Quebec, Canada. She is a wife and mother to five kids. And today we talk about a lot of things, most of which include how she does it all and balances her home life with her work life. I mean, I love a challenge and I'm someone who I think I have a lot of energy and I think I have a lot of energy because I have a lot of kids. So, mm. <laughs> you know, in a sense, the least you have and the mo more time you have on your hands, the more time you have to realize that, you know, this and this is a problem. But when you don't have time to think about what's a problem, you know, you don't realize how hard it is because you just you just do it. And women have that power to do things. I mean, I think we underestimate what we're capable of doing, but we can run on very little sleep. Hey moms, are you tired of being tired? Or maybe yelling at your kids? Or maybe you need to know how to get your strength back postpartum? Or learn to manage your stress trying to do it all? Or just to become a more confident mom? If so, then welcome to Citrus Love, keeping motherhood inspired. I'm Christiane Bégin, a mother of two, sharing inspiring conversations with wonderful people on how we can be mentally and physically stronger moms, and also including freshly squeezed ideas, a little bit of fun, so you can learn how to find balance, and also how to raise strong, caring, confident kids in today's world. So if you're ready, let's get started. If you love chocolate, if you love desserts, if you want to know what to tell your kids to raise confident, creative, capable kids who love to eat food, if you want to learn how to balance your home work life and have some me time, and basically, if you love to eat desserts, especially with chocolate, anything chocolate, then let me tell you, this episode is for you. This is part one of two episodes. I didn't expect to get this much information. This episode is filled with mom wisdom and tips on how to raise confident, successful, authentic, and mentally strong kids. We talk about the many lessons she's teaching her kids about confidence, failure, work-family balance, food, sacrifice, work ethic, and what it really means to be an entrepreneur. In this episode, we'll dive deep into how she got her idea of starting a chocolate restaurant, how she built her business on her own, how she got inspired, how living abroad when she was a child helped to shape her on how she views the world and family values. Of course, I had to ask her, how often does she actually eat chocolate? and how she opened up about how it helps make her a better person. We talk about working with her husband, Lionel, and what gives her strength to do it all. Of course, I had to ask, okay, what does a typical morning look for her before she gets to work, before they do the daycare and school drop-off with five kids? We talk about her role as a parent, self-care, teamwork, entrepreneurship, and when it actually gets easier as a mom for her. We talk about screen time, what she's teaching her kids about food in general, and also about eating dessert and specifically chocolate. How Juliette and Chocolat is impacting lives. The true cost of chocolate. She gives us a little one-on-one, -on -one, so she gives it to us straight. How she's staying inspiring, how she's creating every little single menu item and how she's hands-on at every level of her business. Of course, I had to talk about some of her menu items. So she talks about her favorite ones and the ones you should be getting next time you're in the area and at Juliette and Chocolat. Her ultimate goal of becoming the next Starbucks of chocolate dessert. So today, you're in for a treat, pun intended. I hope you enjoy it and that you take what might help your own mom life and leave the rest because we sure talked about a lot of things. So without further ado, let's listen in on part one of our conversation. 
So welcome, Juliette Brun, and thank you for being on Citrus Love today. I'm so grateful and excited because we're going to be talking about, I know my one of my favorite subjects, but I'm sure it's yours as well, chocolates. <laughs> <laughs> You're the, the queen of chocolates. Just to get it started, uh, I want to say, like, I've been going to your chocolate dessert or chocolate restaurants since I 2006 and you opened your first one officially in 2003 in Montreal and now you have eight locations right is it so I, have, I have a ninth one that I opened on Monkland this summer so it's okay. very recent <laughs> so all in the Montreal area at the moment and yes. everything is so delicious in your restaurant and honestly Whenever I go to a place that has chocolate or I want to order hot chocolate, most of the time I'm surprised that it's not actually chocolate. It's chocolate flavored, syrups, Nutella. But in your restaurant, it's the real deal. Like it's the chocolate. It's delicious. The portions are very generous and the price is very affordable, which was something new because often you associate good quality chocolate with more expensive prices. So that was one of the things that is beautiful about your restaurant. And I think why a lot of people love it too. You, I'm translating this from French, but you say a day without chocolate is like a day without sun. So paint us a picture of how you, Juliette, the queen of chocolate, enjoys eating chocolate. How often do you actually eat it? And give us the details, like morning, <laughs> evening, night. Do you eat chocolate all day or you're just, it's too much? <laughs> so it's funny. I would actually say that I eat more chocolate as the years go by. <laughs> so it's, oh, really? It's, yes. It's insane. Honestly, it's like addictive. So yes. now I get I get major withdrawal when I don't eat some every day. Uh, it's part, you know, I always say winter for me is very easy to go through. And I think it's very easy to go through because I eat so much chocolate and it just mm -hmm. makes my days so much easier and so much more comforting. And I don't know, there's just something about chocolate that makes you feel so good. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. so why should I eat less? Right. I mean, yes. I have more stress, more work more kids so <laughs> I, I think chocolate is a necessary thing in my life that I need that energy and then if you were to ask what so so I don't feel too guilty mm -hmm. my guilty pleasure is really the chocolate fondue because I mm -hmm. love the combination of fruits and chocolate mm -hmm. so I have that I would say about every day or every other day because it's just so good like I, I don't know. It just feels like the perfect snack or lunch. I'll I'll have it just for lunch sometimes or just, you know, as a picker upper. Or, and I usually share it, which I love because most of my desserts I hate sharing because I have too many kids. And I always say I never have anything left for me when I share. <laughs> <laughs> That's but, so true. <laughs> yes, I know. I'm sure, you know, as a mom, that's what yes. happens. Yes. So the fondue is an easy to share you know, snack and it just, it's just so comforting and nice. Like you get the vitamins and you get all the great nutrients of chocolate. So it's my go-to. So do you like the dark chocolate, the milk chocolate, the white? Because I know you have a few options at your yes. restaurants. So I really don't, it depends. I don't discriminate. I have all of them. If I'm going to nibble on chocolate, I'll probably have dark because I mm -hmm. don't want something too sweet. But if I'm going to, uh, I don't know if I'm going to mix it with nuts, I'll probably have it with milk. I just find the creaminess with the nuttiness is just a very nice combination. And with white chocolate, I love mixing it with citrus fruits or, or berries because the sweetness mm. of the chocolate with the tart of the fruit is just a very nice combination. So it really depends what I'm, I'm using it for. Mm -hmm. And I just find they have, it's just a beautiful product to work with because you can just, You can just use it in lots of different contexts and it always works really well. The pairings are very interesting. So, mm -hmm. yes, it depends on what I feel like at the moment. So you say you do the chocolate fondues. How do you do it quickly so it doesn't become like a 20 minute or 30 minute process? So we don't all have like fondues in our <laughs> sitting in our fridge. Can you give us an idea of like how do you actually make it? 
So it's funny. So I, I don't actually have an office. I work in my stores because I want to stay close to my operations and close to the, the, the people that work with me. So I'm, I spend a lot of time there. So I would say the easiest for me is just to order it and they make it for me. That's uh. just the best. <laughs> but I do do it at home as well because we always have lots of fruits. Um, so I just, you know, cut, cutting up a banana, you know, slicing a couple of strawberries, kiwis, like whatever we have on hand. It's just it's just stuff that we always have. And even if you don't have the fruits, you always have, you know, a bunch of cookies or, you know, leftover. We always have leftover brownies at home because we just eat so much. That <laughs> there comes a time where the kids are just like, you know what, we're good with the brownies. So we always have brownies. Uh, we always have marshmallows because I love marshmallows. So, you know, the, the there's lots mm. of stuff and you you always have like pretzels and like just fondues are easy because you can basically dip whatever you like. You can dip chips in chocolate and it's super, super good. Okay. Do you just so, melt melt the chocolate or do you mix it with cream? No, or... I just melt it. I love okay. just the pure chocolate. So mm -hmm. I usually I have lots of chocolate at home because I'm always cooking with chocolate mm -hmm. and testing new recipes. So I have them in pistole. They're like little chips I guess little yeah. chips but they're a bit bigger than chips so they they melt really quickly you just pull put them over a double boiler and you know they melt in like I don't know three minutes it's super quick so and then if you don't all use it up what I do is I spread it on a sheet on a baking sheet and then I break it up into pieces so that next time I can just melt it again so it's super easy oh perfect my <laughs> gosh and I want to know you Do you eat chocolate in the morning? Because that's not something most people think of doing. So how do you eat it, include it in your breakfast? Curious. <laughs> so I, I eat it in the morning. Uh, I have very weird breakfasts, to be honest. I can eat anything <laughs> for breakfast. <laughs> I can have pasta for breakfast. That's that's how I am. So kids have chocolate for uh, in, in their drinks, so like a hot chocolate in the winter. We do that in the mornings. It's very... You know, it, it, it has the milk, it has the the warmth of the chocolate, and it's just a nice way to start the day. So we do that for the kids. We also do, we always have like frozen, I make waffles at home on the weekends, mm -hmm. like a huge batch because it's just easier to make mm -hmm. a lot and then freeze. So we can just toast the waffles and put like chocolate spread on. We always have chocolate spread. So we always put like chocolate spread on the, and the kids actually, and like some, some of my kids are really into the chocolate and then others are more into the jam or, so we don't impose if people mm -hmm. want the chocolate that can have the chocolate in the morning. But I love, I love a kid waking up in the morning with their hair all over the place and chocolate all, all over their face. It's just the kind of picture that, you know, makes me squinch. <laughs> I find that yeah, so cute. <laughs> that's so cute. I know. And it's funny because my son now, because I talk about chocolate so much, my son now, when he wakes up, he's three and a half and he says, mom, I want chocolate for breakfast. And I'm like, no, you have to eat something else. You can't just <laughs> eat chocolate. Like you'll be crazy. You'll have so much energy. You need something else. So he eats something. And then I always have like a chocolate bar, like dark chocolate. And he takes a piece or we do a hot chocolate or melted chocolate with uh, bananas. But oh my gosh, that's <laughs> you're yeah. right up my alley. I love you're it. You're right. You know what? Bananas with the chocolate and just like granola on top is amazing. Oh, that's you know, there's like, yeah, there's so many ways to put it into breakfast and it doesn't have to be like a ton of chocolate. It could just be cha shaved on top of the, of your cereals. You know, I get, mm -hmm. I, I try to get cereals that are healthy, so not mm -hmm. too sweet. So you can always sweeten with a bit of chocolate. It just makes it fun. We also, we also have, so we bring a lot of stuff back from Europe because we have family live that goes there often and when we go we bring we bring back things that we love and we have like chocolate sprinkles and they're made with real chocolate but you can only find them in Belgium and those are always fun you put butter on a toast and then you sprinkle the chocolate sprinkles on top of the toast and the kids just love those those mm. are fun <laughs> so before we dive into everything else mom life and uh, the chocolate I learned some very interesting things about you when you were a child so I wanted to just explore that a bit So let's go back to you were born in Brazil, uh, but your yes. parents are originally from France, correct? Is that exactly. Okay. Yes. Okay. So you grew up and you moved to a different, a few different countries when you were a, a child, a teenager. So can you give us a little bit your backstory uh, during that time? 
Yes. Well, so you're right. I traveled a lot, which I think helped with just opening up to the world and realizing that what you're going through is very minute compared to what everyone else is going through and how you impact the people around you. Uh, and it just makes you more open to um, differences and the, the importance of having different people around you that bring in mm. different ideas and different ways of thinking. And just, you know, the cultures are so rich that I think that just really, uh, I was very lucky, very yeah. lucky to get to travel so much when I was uh, younger. So I, I lived in the States and I lived um, just before I moved to Canada. I, I lived in the Middle East, mm -hmm. which was also very, it was an eye opener because, you know, a lot of what you get fed is what you see on TV and in the news. Right. Mm -hmm. And if you don't yeah. travel to these countries, well, you basically experience those countries through the media. Mm -hmm. And so it's very eye opening because it's very different from what you read and what you see. It's very warm there. People are very welcoming. The sense of family is very strong. Uh, the you know, when when you when somebody gives you uh, their word, they respect it. It's very important. So it's just, you know, and I, I just found it was a very rich culture. And even the food and, I mean, everything, the history and everything was amazing there. So I, I was just very blessed. I, I think it just makes me realize how lucky we are to live in Canada, mm -hmm. how lucky we are to have what we have, you know. Mm -hmm. Yes. And just even in my everyday work, just to take in everything that you can take in from all the people that cross my path. Mm -hmm. And just as much as my, you know, the person doing crepes or the person behind the bar to my suppliers or my lawyers or you know like I learn from all these different people and they all come from different backgrounds and it's it's very enrich enriching mm -hmm. so what did your parents do so because oh, you my, got to travel so much with them my, my dad my dad is a specialist in the in debt so he specializes in in countries debts so since mm. all every single country around the world is indebted. <laughs> he actually, he actually specializes in how you can reduce your debt. So he basically travels all around the world for underdeveloped countries, but also developed countries. Cause mm. so he taught me not to be indebted, which I think is a good thing to learn when you're <laughs> <Yes>. young. <laughs> and, and my mom just followed. So she, she basically did a lot of, she did a lot of volunteering and she did a lot of teaching because she's an English teacher. So, well, my dad was lucky enough to have a wife that, you know, let him follow his dream and she followed along and I was lucky to have her at home. So it was, it was a good uh, childhood. Mm -hmm. Were you an only child growing up? No, we we're three. I'm the middle child. Your family, are they all in the Montreal area or they're everywhere in the they world? They are all over the world. So my brother lives in New York City. City and my sister lives in Asia, so it's uh, in Singapore. So it's <laughs> it gets complicated when we try to organize family reunions. <laughs> yes, I bet. And your parents are they here in France? Or? No, so my parents live in Indonesia. Oh and my gosh. Right now, yeah. And but so now my dad is actually uh, traveling to different countries. He still travels a lot, but we we oh, have wow. them maybe twice a year, which is always fun. So tell me, what did your parents teach you about food? Well, I mean, my mom always cooked. We always had a home-cooked meal. That's for sure. Like every single... for So in France, we would come home for lunch because my mom was at home. So we'd come home, we'd have lunch all together. Uh, we'd go back to school and then we'd have dinner all together. So just the importance of having a sit-down meal all together so we can spend time. It's really... And, and that's something that we still do at home. Every single mm -hmm. night we have a family dinner. We don't have the kids eat separate and then we have our own separate meal. You know, we like mm -hmm. to hear about their day. And so I think that's that's really what I learned. And then my mom, I mean, she always cooked. And my grandmother's my grandmother it was an amazing cook as well. So I learned a lot from both of them. But my mom has her classic. I like to experience. So I think maybe I, I like to be more adventurous. I like mm -hmm. to try things. And we never have the same meals every week like we always every single day is a different meal and we always have dessert at the end of a meal so my mom didn't always have desserts that's something that I've added because I thought it was missing <laughs> we'd okay. have fruit but now when she comes over she knows we have dessert every night like dessert is like the most important part of the meal it's what you finish on it's like having I don't know it's like watching a movie and it cutting before the end and you go mm. but what, what's the end what's happening you know so I need so for us at home right now with the kids we have 
desserts every night. You don't have to have it, but you have it on the table that you feel like yeah. you should, yeah. you want it. And, but my mom always, always, always had chocolate at the end of the meal. That's true. She always had her coffee with chocolate. So we would have like fruit or yogurt, something like that. And then she would bring out a couple of um, chocolate bars and we could just pick whichever chocolates we wanted. So we, we did finish on chocolate, but it just, you know, finishing on chocolate is not the same as having a full on dessert, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like, it's a nice little treat. But I find our our traditions are better. That's funny because it just made me remember this moment because my mom is big on dessert. Like for me, it's the same. There's no dessert after a meal. I'm like, what's happening? Like something's <laughs> missing. And I remember when I was in high school, I went to a friend's house. We ate the meal. It was at lunchtime. And then I was like, okay, we're not having dessert. And they looked at me and no, <laughs> we never have dessert. That's only special occasions. And I was like, what? I don't understand this. We have dessert every night. And they were shocked, literally shocked. Really? And I still know some family that have this same way of doing it. But I also think it's because a lot of people are careful about the amount of sugar and fat that they eat and with all the diets. So I think that it's easy to cut back on desserts because that's unnecessary calories. Yeah. No, you're totally Mm -hmm. right. And I think, you know, it's funny because my kids actually don't overdo the desserts. They really don't. And a lot of my my friends are like, well, how do you let them eat so many sweets? And I'm like, actually, they auto-regulate themselves. Mm, Yeah. They Because they know that if they want it, they can have it. So it's kind of like it's not a frustration. Yeah. So you don't have to binge and you don't have to have crazy amounts. You just, you know, you can have a little piece or you can have it tomorrow or you can have a fruit if you want or you can have nothing if you don't feel like Mm -hmm. having anything at the end. But at least you have that choice. And I mean, I think my biggest fear with all that you hear about sugar and fats and diets and Mm -hmm. is that people go crazy over them. And it's kind of I, I find that it's kind of obsessive. And then you fall into the opposite, right? When it's obsessive, Mm -hmm. it's kind of hard to keep up an obsession. So I find that if you're reasonable with what you do, you know, if you don't go overboard with anything, then it's it's a good way to live your life, finding Mm -hmm. balance. So, I mean, I agree, maybe having dessert every night might seem a little crazy (laughs) for people, but I might just have one bite, right? I might not have a full slice. Exactly. You know, I feel like it just adds a lot of adds sweetness to our life, which I need. Okay, Mm -hmm. I have a stressful life, so I need it happy and to, you know, not get stressed out about the little things and just kind of keep things mellow. (laughs) Most mothers, they use coffee or I mean, some can use cigarette or alcohol uh, when they're stressed. For you, you go to chocolate automatically. Is that right? Yes. Well, I would say chocolate and I mean, I love food in general. So mm-hmm. anything food related, I'm, I, I get excited. <laughs> I plan, I plan my travels around where we're going to eat. Oh my God. You know, like it's <laughs> really is like, it's part, like you eat three times a day minimum. I eat like six times a day because I have snacks. It's like a big part of my life, you know? And I'll tell you, if I have a dessert and I don't like it, I'm not going to eat it. Like I'll have a bite. I don't like it. Forget it. I'm not going to take the extra calories. So it's not like I need the sweets. It's Mm -hmm. I need the pleasure, right? Mm. I need that, that just time with myself and and my plate and just taking it in and just, you know, really enjoying the moment. So for me, it's just such an important part of my life that yes, I need, I need that to kind of quiet down and enjoy those moments. And most of those moments are with people, right? I rarely eat alone. I usually do it with friends, with family, with colleagues. Like it's always a nice, there's always something more to just the food. There's mm-hmm. also, there's, there's something about people around me that make it extra fun. Yes, it's, it, it is definitely something that I go to and that no, I don't smoke and I don't drink coffee and I rarely drink. So really, I'm wow. <laughs> that's like amazing. Because you think like most people, they say uh, the word mother and coffee, it, it goes Go together. Hand, yeah. yeah. 
I love this. I love this because I feel when you eat really dark chocolate, you get that kick. You do. It doesn't have all the sh sugar. Just like going back to basic, it gives you that boost. Anyways, it's healthy. So it's a, a plus as well. Totally is. You know, you're right. But actually there is, it's called theobromine. So I don't know how you say it in English, mm -hmm. but it's, ju it's just like caffeine. So it, it gives mm -hmm. you the extra boost. Definitely. It, the, you don't just find it in coffee. And you also find it in tea, you know, mm -hmm. so there is like uh, this element. I think coffee definitely is something that a lot of people need to just keep them energized during their day. But mm -hmm. nope, the chocolate does, does the trick for me. <laughs> <laughs> When you think of what your, your parents taught you about food, did they teach you that it's better to buy better quality You know, my my grandparents grew, uh, had their own vegetable patch and uh, had lots of fruits in their gardens. And it was insane. It was and we spent a lot of our times at my grandparents house for like most of the summer and on the holidays in France. We have a lot of holidays, not here, but you do in France. <laughs> so <laughs> so we spend a lot of time there. So we used to eat like you know, the best quality fruits and vegetables that you could have, right? Because they mm -hmm. were grown, they were right in the garden, you know? Mm -hmm. So we've always, and, and like I said, my grandmother used to co cook like full on meals. Like with my grandmother, we used to have like, or appetizers. And then you'd have like always a, you know, a pot roast or a chicken roast or like, you know, the, mm -hmm. like those big family meals, you know, like mm -hmm. it wasn't just like a pizza, like we never had pizza, you know, it was okay. always like, you know, so you'd have the pot roast, and then you'd have the vegetables, the side vegetables, and then you'd have the warm bread, and then you'd have the salad, we always had the salad, and then you'd have cheese, because in France, you always have the cheese platter at the end, and then you'd always have dessert. So and then you'd always have the pousse café, which is like the, you know, the little shot of alcohol you know sweet okay. liquor or something like that so it was really like it, it was a full-on meal and she used to cook every single part of the meal it wasn't anything store-bought or like everything was fresh from the garden and everything else was you know good quality stuff so I think we were always very lucky to have you know great food mm -hmm. And when you love food, you also love understanding when you, where your food comes from and how you make it. I don't know. Yeah. Like I love to do everything from scratch. You know, I do my yogurts. We do our, we don't do our bread every single day, but I love to do my breads on the weekends. Like our, I never bought, buy store-bought vinaigrette. Like I, I, yeah. there's very little things that I buy store-bought, like apart from, you know, stuff that I can't make myself. Like I don't, you know, I'd love to have my chickens in my garden, but I'm not allowed where I live because otherwise I would have my <laughs> own eggs that I would have. So, you know, I just love, I love it. And I love yeah. going to the market and really like smelling the ingredients and seeing the dirt on the vegetables. And it's just, it's part of the experience, right? Mm -hmm. So, exactly. so we grow a couple of things, but otherwise, no, I, I find it's very important to understand where everything's, everything comes from. So our kids are very much conscious of where everything comes from and how, mm -hmm. you know, like appreciative of the meals that they eat because, mm -hmm. you know, when you make your own pasta, You really appreciate the pasta yes. when you just buy a box. And I do sometimes buy a box of pa pasta. I don't always have the time to make it. But when I do, it just makes it all the more fun to eat. And, you know, you just yeah. enjoy it even more. So so let's talk about when you realized you wanted to work um, with food or turn it in a restaurant, a business. When did that passion for chocolate become a clear business idea? Well, it was uh, probably six months after I fi finished McGill. I was uh, thinking of businesses because I was studying in finance, so economics and finance. So I was thinking, you know, I could work in a bank or I could just start my own thing. And, you know, I'm still young enough and I don't have I didn't have a, a house yet or a car to pay back or kids or, you know, all those stressful things that make you think a lot more thinking, okay, good. I think it's good timing. So I started kind of brainstorming on different ideas and seeing how the food aspect in my life is so important. A lot of my ideas were around food. And then we thought, so it was actually a time where uh, coffee was booming. Uh, there were like coffee shops all over the place in Montreal. Like it was just, they were popping up everywhere and there were like, you know, bigger brands and smaller kind of 
hole in the walls coffee shops. It seemed like it was working very well. And it's a student city, right? Thinking it needs to appeal to students as well. And I was finishing school. So I, you know, I knew the student world pretty well. And then I thought, well, coffee, honestly, everybody's doing, I'm not going to go into coffee. And then I remember thinking about juices. And then I was like, forget it. Juices in Montreal, half of this, half of the year, it's freezing. Who's going to want to drink a juice, even though it's healthy. It's like, (laughs) forget it. And then I thought, but chocolate, chocolate, no one's done. And I was like, and I think it was all, it also came from a frustration that I could never find a good hot chocolate. Mm. And I was brought up drinking really good hot chocolate. You know, it was kind of like I would go in and I would get hot cocoa. It was, it was not hot chocolate. It was just milk with a bit of chocolate powder, or Mm -hmm. I don't even know if there was chocolate in there or more sugar. It was just, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't anything that I enjoyed drinking. So I thought, let's do the same thing as coffees, but we'll do it chocolate. So we'll have all these variations of hot chocolate. And then from that idea, I just started like, you know, thinking up all these other ideas that I could do with chocolate. So not just drinks, but food, you know, so fondues and pastries and bonbons and all these different things that are fun to do with chocolates. And then I thought, well, I need to add, um, I need to add something for people who don't want chocolate. And I was like, well, everybody's doing sandwiches and I'm not going to do sandwiches because, you know, what's the point of doing what everyone, what everyone else is doing? And I thought, well, I'll do crepes. It's very French. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of how it came about. It was all kind of like, it all came about in, in a, you know, a couple of weeks of thinking about it. And it just made a lot of sense. And when I spoke about it to my friends, everybody was super excited. So it was, you could feel that it was something that, you know, could take off that people would actually catch on to. So that's kind of how it began. (laughs) So the feedback you got from people, you know, they thought it was a great idea. Oh, yeah. People, people were so excited. Like people are like, oh, well, if you're going to be doing tests, I want to be the one testing. Let me know when you're doing this. This is so cool. When do you plan on opening? Where's going to be your first store? Like people are just very enthusiastic about the project. So it's, you know, it's always fun when you realize it's not just something that you're enthusiastic about, but other people are as well. And they haven't yes. even, even been yet, you know? So yes. Yeah. Yeah. It felt right. It felt right. You opened your first restaurant, a uh, small one in 2003 in Montreal. You were 22, right? At the time. Yes. This was the, you'd say the province of Quebec, the first chocolate restaurant. Yes. Right. You opened it with, was he your husband at the time, <laughs> Yoned, or just like. He, he was my boyfriend at the time. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. He was my boyfriend at the time. And he, yeah, I don't know what took him so long to decide that he wanted to spend the rest of his life. With me. I mean, <laughs> you know, men, they're complicated sometimes. <laughs> But um, no, he was he was actually studying in graphic design and movies and so movie production. And so he was kind of there as support to start with. He was I mean, he would come and help out and he would do the dishes and just to spend time with me Mm because he was like, if I don't come to you, then we're over because I don't see you anymore with your work. Yeah. And then I think he kind of just realized that if he wanted to connect with me more, he would have to kind of step into the company and so he did and it was great it was actually amazing I love working with him and um, it's just we're, we're just so different and we handle very different things in the company so there's really no not too much tension mm-hmm. uh, but it's great because we really think differently so it's just a very it's a it's a it works out well was it fairly in the beginning where he joined you during that first year I would probably say it was in the, the first like the first year he was there he was always there to help out but it, I don't think it he had completely convinced himself that he wanted to be full time mm-hmm. on the business. And then I think it was probably the second and third year that it kind of became official. I like the fact that he decided on his own because it's not always easy working uh, with your wife and mm-hmm. also knowing that your wife is uh, kind of the boss. <laughs> the boss. Yes. I was trying to find the right words, but yes. <laughs> Just say it uh, like it is. <laughs> It's true, you know, like living in the shadows, right? Like sometimes yeah. I feel bad because like whenever there's something great, it's like, oh, Juliet, and I'm always trying to put my team forward because really it's not really me. It's everyone around me that makes the magic work. And Lionel is a big part of what makes the magic work. So it's, it's I, I always try to put him forward, but, you know, my name is on top of 
the yeah. brand, right? So uh, you're the face of the brand. And exactly. I would never have thought that your husband was even part of it because you're the one we see in the menu at the, the restaurants. Yeah. So it's, it's definitely, I mean, but the thing is, we're also very different. He's kind of shy. So I think he wouldn't always want to be in, in the light, mm -hmm. but still, you know, like sometimes I can feel that it's a small frustration, you know? So it's something that we work on because mm -hmm. you don't want it to become a, like an issue. Right. Yes, so. exactly. <laughs> you said you had no experience, no mentors. You didn't come from a family of entrepreneurs when you started Juliette and Chocolat. So what made you go for it? Like you were young, you were 22. Most people don't even know what they're going to do uh, career wise. Uh, what gave you just the motivation, the strength to just go for it without experience? Well, I've always been very, di I'm, I'm a very passionate person and mm -hmm. I, I don't think I do anything without passion and my mom, and it gets a little intense <laughs> for people <laughs> that live with me on a daily basis, because really when I have an idea, it's like, forget it, I'll get it done, even if it kills me, right? So it's kind of a good thing and a bad thing at the same time. <laughs> I don't know. I was always very, I trust myself and I trust my gut. Uh, I'm also very, um, I try to be, I, I try to plan things. So I, mm -hmm. I don't just, you know, do something and kind of, you know, we'll wing it and see how it works. Like I try to plan my things so that, you know, all the things that can be planned ahead are planned ahead. And then any, anything else is kind of unexpected. We'll deal with when it comes. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I try to do that, you know, initial work before everything that I do. And then, and then I kind of, have confidence that it'll work right if you mm -hmm. do your work be ahead of time and if you're organized and if you know what you're getting yourself into the pros the cons and you know you kind of plan ahead for certain things that might happen because you always kind of can plan certain things they're always unexpected but I mean I always say it's 95% prep And then the rest, it's like 5% unexpected. It's never mm. really the other way around. When it is, it's just that you weren't, you know, prepped enough. You didn't, mm -hmm. you know, plan ahead enough. So I don't know. I think it's it also comes from my upbringing and the travels and just realizing that there's nothing that you do alone. And I've always been very well surrounded. So I've never, I, I would have loved to have a mentor or someone to guide me because I made a lot of mistakes. And it was fine. You learn from your mistakes, right? But you make mm -hmm. a lot of mistakes and then you kind of have to pick yourself up and, 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 and move on. But it's easier when other people may make mistakes and they tell you ahead of time. So then yeah, you, know, you exactly. kind of move faster, right? Yeah, <laughs> you don't get exactly. The the <laughs> but I mean, I think, like, like I said, and for everything, it's not just in business, but I think for everything, having the right people around you, the right support group to do what you have to do is really the basis of any anything in life, I think. So who's your support group right now? Well, I have my team. My team's amazing. Every single one of the people working with me, they're so invested. I mean, there's probably a I don't know, I'd say, oh, 2% of people that, you know, are maybe not as aligned, say like 98% of the people that I work with are super invested. Like it's almost like it's their own company. I know that if I need them, I can call them and they're there, but they know that if they need me, I'm there as well. Right. It's a, mm -hmm. it's, it's both ways. So I think there's just this respect the whole team. because it's not just with me. It's just everyone with everyone else. But even my red hats, so I call them my red hats, my employees. You know, like I can't just be in one store, right? I have all these other stores and I have all this other work. Like, I, I mean, I, I'd love to be able to manage one store, but it, I can't do that yeah. full time. Of course, I'm closer to my managers because I talk to them more. And I have now I have 300 red hats, right? So mm -hmm. my managers are, are, you know, working very closely with me. So it's just a nice, it's just a really nice team that supports the, all the operations. And outside of work, who gives you that support? So, well, I have my husband, mm -hmm. I mean, he's in the work and outside the work. So, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, just for the kids, he's an amazing dad, which is like so important. Right. And, mm -hmm. and it's, it's, it's important to say it because <laughs> he's, he's right in front of me and he goes, come on, say more, <laughs> add more, <laughs> more details. He's extraordinary. I mean, there's just no other words, <laughs> but, um, no, he's, 
he, I mean, I always tell my friends because they go, how do you do it with five kids? And I go, I don't do it alone. You don't, you don't have kids alone, right? You have mm-hmm. kids with somebody else. Mm-hmm. So make sure when you have kids, you have it with the right person who's going to be your support group. And even if you don't stay together, they still mm-hmm. need to be a good support system, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it just breaks my heart when I see women with men that just don't take their responsibility as, as dads, you know? Mm-hmm. So he really is an amazing dad. He takes care of the kids. If I'm running late, he's on top of everything. He gives the bath. He prepares dinner. You know, like he's just like full hands on with the family. Mm-hmm. And then we have, so it's funny because a lot we have friends, of course. And whenever we're in a pickle, yeah. you can count on it that I'm going to be calling them and ask them for, for help. That we try, we try to not do it too often. I yeah. try to be organized so that we are more dependent on ourselves than others because I mm-hmm. find that, you know, it, it can get frustrating if every single time you're in a pickle, all you do is call your friends, right? Yeah. So yeah. we try to manage on our own and then we have family. So if ever we're really, really in a pickle, well, my parents will fly in to help out or my husband's parents will drive to, to help out. So it's there's always a way, right? But it's mm-hmm. just having the right support system so that if one thing fails, you have another backup. And if that yeah. backup fails, you have another backup, right? It's yeah. never yeah. one only option. And then you're really in a bad spot if that option fails, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There's so much good <laughs> stuff here. Okay. Let's just <laughs> let's just go back a little bit. There's a, something I wanted to focus on that you mentioned about confidence, which you seem to to have no problem. But <laughs> as a parents, mothers, um, we always strive for kids to feel confident and good about themselves. So that when like we let them go off on their own in the world, they'll truly believe in, that they can achieve anything they want. Where do you think you got all that confidence? Your That's character? a very, very good question. I would say, you know, I think confidence is super important. So I think it's finding a balance um, because I see it like the new generation. Sometimes I find them overconfident. I think, you know, they oversell them and then they don't make it and then it's worse, right? Like, mm-hmm. so I try to kind of teach my kids to be confident when you're doing something. And if you fail, be confident that you'll be able to do it again and maybe fail again. But just, you know, there's never anyone who's done something the first time perfect, right? You always Mm -hmm. need to try something and try again and try again. And then eventually you get good at it, right? It's Mm -hmm. not just the first time. So it's kind of teaching your kids to fail. And I think in our case, it's funny because you would think that my parents probably taught us to be a bit too proper, like, like we would never impose we were taught like very specific manners and Mm -hmm. and I think when you know you're brought up that way then you lack confidence right Mm -hmm. because because yeah. you're, you're, you know, should I ask or is yes. that not the right thing to do? Should I say something or is that? So I think teaching your kids how to behave the right way, but kind of letting them express themselves and kind of be their own versions of themselves and not, not trying to copy every single kid to be the same way is a is a way for them to gain confidence. And then if they do something that's kind of, oof, I don't know, maybe we, you should have done it differently than you talk about it and it kind of helped. So I think in my case, it's probably it probably comes from my personality and just the fact that I was always uprooted and having to connect with new people again. You know, I traveled. I would travel so much that I would change schools often. So you need to learn to have confidence. Otherwise mm-hmm. you die, right? Like you can yeah. kind of you 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 get into the schools and and if you don't learn to make friends and if you don't learn to adapt and if you don't learn to do these things, then you kind of become the you know the the single kid that nobody talks to, right? Yeah. So I think it was kind of like um, maybe not the way my parents, you know, educated me, but more my upbringing with the travels and just learning to adapt that kind of helped me become more confident. But I mean, I think there's still things sometimes that I'm not confident about and I and I kind of have to push myself and go, you can, you know, talk to myself. I have to convince myself, you know, that in that, that talk, I, I probably won't have it in front of a mirror, but just going like, it's going to be okay. <laughs> and putting on like that power song that you're going to, you know, feel like, okay, I can do this, you know, and you kind of, you know, talk yourself into doing things because it's, it's hard, right? And I'm still learning the ropes to a lot of things. So, there's always moments where I'm kind of like, can I do this? Is that something that I'll be able to do? Or am I 
just going to crash, you know? And so you're kind of always pushing yourself to, you know, conquer your fears and be more confident. So I think for my kids, they could probably see it because we talk, we're very open about the business and how we do things. And, you know, when we mess up, we, we talk to them about it. So they understand that it's, you know, confidence can sometimes make you do things that you probably wouldn't have done if you weren't confident and you know, so we re- we really try to talk to them about all these things because I think they need to learn from other people. They'll learn from their mistakes, but they all they can also learn from other people. Mm-hmm. And and I mean, all my kids are so different, but I I find they all have some well some like lack a bit of confidence. I work on that with them, but most of them are pretty confident. You know, but it takes time. It takes mm-hmm. definitely takes time. Like they always have doubt. So. Oh my god, this is so good. Oh my god, this is so good. <laughs> do you feel Do you feel confident as a mother? Oh, <laughs> I hope I feel confident about my kids because I find, well, so I have a lot of friends with kids, and a lot of my friends are like, it's amazing how well behaved your kids are, and they help out a lot, and they're very mature. Mm-hmm. I find for kids. I mean, they're very reasonable kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think, I mean, not. I have one that's like pre-adolescent. So maybe we could talk in a couple of years and then I'll tell you if I'm confident <laughs> or not. So but how old I'm, are your kids? So so my, youngest, my youngest is three and my eldest is 12. Okay. So, but, you know, even my 12-year-old, I find she's a very decent 12-year-old. She's going to be 13 in, in December, but. She's well balanced, you know, like you can tell that she's starting to go into teenage years and, you know, she's not a baby anymore. And mm-hmm. we talk about different things, but she's very open and she doesn't seem to close up too much. And, and uh, I mean, like I said, I think teenage years can be crazy and it really depends on the kids. And so I might not be saying the same thing in a couple of years, mm-hmm. but right now with the five kids, I find that what we've done we've done a good job at and and it's not just me it's like friends and family coming over and I mean there are five kids right you could think it would be hectic and yeah it's pretty much under control <laughs> oh my gosh you make it sound like so amazing I want to have more kids <laughs> well you should because your kids are gorgeous so <laughs> I know we've talked about this a little bit, but I have to ask the question. This is like the million dollar question for mothers when they look at someone like you, who is a businesswoman, who is successful at it and still growing the company and you have five kids and you cook with them and you make your like these amazing meals how do you do it like honestly you had five pregnancies while you were beginning of your business or you were expanding there were new restaurants how did you do it like being pregnant working like being pregnant you're tired you're there's hormones (laughs) give us the good tips Like the, the details. <laughs> I would say, so first of all, I, d- I had one kid at a time, right? I didn't have twins. So that's yeah. always like, because it, it makes a big difference, right? Having mm-hmm. one instead mm-hmm. of two. So having one, you get to kind of, uh, you adjust. You know, I always, I always talk about it like uh, when you're uh, in labor and you have contractions And the first contractions, you're like, holy shit, that hurts. Hold, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, maybe I shouldn't be swearing. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you're like, oh, oh yeah. my gosh, holy, oh, wow, you know? And then, and then they're, you know, they're spaced five minutes apart, right? Or, and mm-hmm. then, and then they get closer and you go, oh, wow, I thought it was tough before and it's worse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you still cope, right? And it just gets more intense. But I think your body kind of adjusts, right? Because you're you're, you didn't start with five, you started with one, right? Mm -hmm. So I always try to put things into perspective. I didn't have five at a time. I had one at a time and I adjusted to the one and then I had a second one and I, I adjusted to that. I mean, I love a challenge and I'm someone who I think I have a lot of energy and I think I have a lot of energy because I have a lot of kids. So, mm. <laughs> you know, in a sense, the least you have and the mo- more time you have on your hands, the more time you have to realize that 
you know, this and this is a problem. But when you don't have time to think about what's a problem, because you're just kind of running like a chicken without a head, you, you know, you don't realize how hard it is because you just don't have to think. You just do it. You just do it. And women have that power to do things. I mean, I think we underestimate what we're capable of doing, but we can run on very little sleep. Mm, you know, yes. it, it works and we can, you know, we can handle the stress and the work and the kids. We, I don't know. I think it's biological because you don't have the choice, right? You just, mm-hmm. have you realized that once you're a mom, you're, you just get, when you get sick, it just, you have to just, you know, go through with it and yeah. you can't just quit being a mom because you're sick. You're just yeah. sick and a mom, right? So it's kind yeah. of. It's just not an issue, right? The issue isn't there anymore because you have a kid and you have to take care of the kid. So I find that when I used to get sick before I had kids, I could just lie in bed and just go like, oh my God, I'm never, <laughs> you know? And now it's sometimes you can't, I mean, I, I won't tell you sometimes at the end of the day, I'll just lie down in my bed and go, wow, I totally deserve to sleep. This is like, you know, <laughs> the most amazing moment of my day. <laughs> But you, you know, like there's all these amazing, amazing things happening around you, right? Your kids mm-hmm. are growing up, your business is blooming or your work is making you something more than just a mom or a, a, a wife. I think there's just a really, there's a self of accomplishment to be able to take on all these different things and knowing that, you know, of course you're going to be tired. It's not like it's something that you do, you know, without any lack of energy, I mean, Mm -hmm. sometimes you're kind of like, oh, my God, like I'm telling you at six o'clock or seven o'clock when it's time to, you know, take care of the kids. My energy is at at its lowest. I don't know why. And then once I put the kids to bed, it's like, bam, lots of energy again, Mm. because, you know, I don't know. It's just I I think it's just knowing, uh oh, there there comes the second shift, (laughs) second shift of the day. So, I mean, it's I I think it's just taking it in just like contractions and thinking I'll take this in and then it might get closer and closer. But at the end, you get this beautiful bundle of joy. Right. So it's the same thing. At the end, you get this this feeling of accomplishment and you just get to see your kids grow up to be amazing human beings. You realize that your life is more important than just yourself. It's mm-hmm. everything else that you're building around you. So I don't know. I think that's probably what feeds me and gives me energy. And the oh, chocolate. Wow. The chocolate. You know what? It I was about to chocolate. say. Yeah. After you put them to bed, piece of chocolate and boom. <laughs> and boom. There you go. You can start again. No, but seriously, I'm sure it's also that. And, I, you know, I think once you start, and I try to do this with the kids as well. Once you start trying to be, when you do your daily gratitudes and you think about, what you're lucky to have in your life mm-hmm. and your days, then you realize how really, I mean, you do, you realize how lucky you are and how you can't complain. Exactly. Not even, you know, it's just like, wow, like who else has what I have? Not, like, There's a lot of people that have a lot less than we have. Yeah. So just enjoying that because once you realize how lucky you are, then everything else seems easy, right? You just go like, stop whining. It's okay. Yeah. You can deal with it. You you know, a lot. Of, imagine when our grandparents used to have like 12 kids. I know. You know, know. and they went through war and, they, you know, they like, we don't have all that. I'm on a few mom forums, like on Facebook. There was a question someone asked. I have one child. I don't know if I should have a second because it's a lot of work. And so I was reading all the comments and you hear like both sides. It's amazing. Yes, they need siblings, have more. And you have some mothers that say, oh, no, if I had a second, like I would get a divorce. I would lose my mind. (laughs) And you hear both extremes. I find that motherhood is so interesting. And I love talking to different types of mothers because everyone has their own idea, their own way of doing it. That's why it's it's inspiring. And it's like we can learn from each other as well. And you know, it's funny what you're mentioning, because I would never go on a forum and tell someone what they should do. I think it's very personal. It really mm-hmm. is, because it's true that we don't have all the same level of energy or the same support group or, you know, like each person is different. Mm -hmm. So it needs to feel right. But I always said to like some of my friends are thinking about having other kids and they go, I don't know, you know, it's kind of stressful. And I always say there's never a right time to have kids, right? There's never a moment where you go, yes, this Mm -hmm. is the time. (laughs) I know it's going to be a good idea because you never know, right? There's always part 
you know, what's going to happen in the future that might affect your life Mm -hmm. as it is now, you know, like you you never know if something's going to change. So it has to sit right with what you're, you think you can do. And if it's something that you want to do, right. Mm -hmm. I mean, some kids, some people, some parents have one kids and they're super happy. Some, some women don't want kids. And I think it's great that they Mm -hmm. actually tell the world, I don't want kids. Cause I don't feel I'd be good as a mom and I don't want to handle kids, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I think it to each its own, but it's just, I think sometimes just getting people to tell you it's okay yeah. is what you need to hear. Right. And it's mm-hmm. okay to have nervous breakdowns, right? It's okay to have nights where you go, you know what? That's it. I'm not being a mom tonight. I'm just doing <laughs> me. And it's okay, right? Your kids will understand. It's yes. not going to make you a bad mom. It's just going to make you human. So mm-hmm. I think it's important to be true with your kids so they understand. I sometimes lose it. I go like, this is like the fifth time this week I'm telling you guys not to do, do this. And and I lose it. And then I go, I go see them when I'm quiet, when I'm calm. And I tell them, mom shouldn't have screamed. I'm sorry. You know, we all have our moments. And... <laughs> And they understand, you know, like it's part of life. It's part of what they're learning as well, right? Yes. Too, oh and- my gosh, I love this. <laughs> I want to mention something else because you talked about this. Well, I read a lot of parenting books. And once they said that when you show your emotions, not just the good ones to your kids, but also when you're sad or when you're grieving someone you lost, the good and the bad, you show your child that it's okay, they're allowed to feel those emotions. So I find that's amazing that, yes, you get mad, we all get mad, it's okay, but you just explain to your kids afterwards what happens so they understand and they try to not control their emotions but live them fully yes and be able to deal with those emotions once they feel that way yeah it's so important you're right i much prefer someone who gets extremely mad and just lets it all out (laughs) and i tell my kids sometimes i'm like go scream it out go do what you have to do to get it all out because i think it's even worse to keep things in Mm-hmm. It just makes it like boils inside. And then it's, you know, it's, it's hard. It's hard to read someone who doesn't talk about their feelings. And they do that a lot in daycare. They teach the kids how to express their feelings. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the frustration comes from the fact that you don't appreciate the feelings that they have, right? It's kind mm-hmm. of like, you know, even though I'm a kid and even though my problems might not be as important as your problem, it's still a problem for me. And mm-hmm. I need you to understand that, right? So I agree. It's just, and emoticons are great for that because it, it explains your feelings in a, just a small pick. I think mm-hmm. it's great, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> we all, we don't all react the same way when you're angry. Mm-hmm. Some people don't talk, some people screams, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. just being able to put a picture on how you're feeling and going like, that's how I'm feeling. I'm yeah. mad, you know? And I don't want to talk about it, but I'm mad. You know, Mm. or I start screaming and I'm still mad, but I like to scream. That's how I show you I'm mad. You Mm know, (laughs) that's good. (laughs) Okay, so give us a glimpse of a typical morning at your house when you're getting ready for work, your kids are going to school or daycare. How does it look like who makes the breakfast and who does the drop off? So usually at night we prepare the table for breakfast so it's all set up um so in the morning I usually get up and get dressed and prepare because I'm the longest to prepare what time and do you get up I my alarm goes off at 6 6 30 okay that's which good. is ho- which is horrible because I'm not a morning person at all but having kids <laughs> you kind of give up on sleeping in so <laughs> so I yeah I get dressed and I prepare and then I wake up the kids Usually my husband is also, uh, he's quicker at getting up and preparing and, and he's usually down downstairs and he's um, preparing for breakfast. So then we all go downstairs and have breakfast together. So usually we have like, we always have a smoothie in the morning and then all sorts of different things depending on the kids. Some kids will have cereals and some kids will have toast and, and uh, chocolate spread or the waffles that we prepared or whatever. So we usually try to have like a f- nice meal so that they have they start their day with a full belly. And then usually, so in the winter, I cannot stand the cold. So 
last year, my husband used to drop the kids off a lot. So I would like finish cleaning up the house before I left as well. So mm-hmm. we kind of split the work because after uh, breakfast, it's usually crazy. Like people are running everywhere and where are my shoes? Where am I? <laughs> Where's my hat? Yeah. Where, you know, so mm-hmm. it's kind of like getting everybody ready so that they're not late for school. So usually the neighbors kind of know when we leave because it's kind of, you know, we enjoyed breakfast, but then we kind of didn't look at our watch soon enough. It just feels like it just <laughs> passes so fast, right? Yeah. So so usually my, my husband does the drop off and I finish cleaning up. But now I have my eldest that is in secondary school, two of my kids that are at school and two of my kids that are at daycare. So now we're doing, we're both dropping off. He's dropping okay. off some of the kids and I'm dropping off. The, the eldest or so we kind of mm-hmm. split it because otherwise it's just, it's just too crazy yeah I'm so done. we'll see how that works because it's the first year and I'm kind of like holy crap that's gonna be a you know it's it's tricky when you have three drop drop-offs and three pickups at night yeah. it's it adds it adds uh precious time to the routine mm-hmm. <laughs> so does that mean you leave you always leave work around the same time because you have to pick up their kids or sometimes someone else picks them up or yeah so usually my husband uh picks them up just because I have a I do a lot of HR a lot of uh different projects that kind of add on to the time it's kind of hard to plan for when it's going to finish so usually I'll call him and go okay I won't be able to make it can you pick up the kids and usually he he works on all the marketing and everything so there's a lot of things that he could work from home or he doesn't Mm -hmm. work from home he works from the stores but if you know he could probably come in earlier and finish at home and then go pick up the kids it just makes it easier and then we're when we're both in a pickle because that happens sometimes we also have this amazing woman that works in the company as well (laughs) she's actually our accountant and she goes pick up the kids so she's amazing sometimes I'll call and I'll go do you mind going to pick up the kids I'm gonna be running late and so she's like a lifesaver she's amazing oh wow Yeah. And and then uh, do you work late or you usually get home before like for supper and then bedtime? So I'm I try to make it home for supper. So but we eat at European times. So we eat at like 738. Okay. So I try to make it back by then. Sometimes I don't make it back. But like, for example, on Tuesday nights, we have our welcoming nights for all the new hires all the Mm -hmm. new red hats, all the new managers. And so every Tuesday night I work until like 1130. So I don't come home before that time. So they usually eat alone with my husband. Mm -hmm. And then it it really kind of depends. Like like the past couple of weeks have been crazy. For example, I've been coming home late every night. So they usually have already eaten. I just come home and I I come hug them in bed and I might read them a story and that's it, you know, because it's just been kind of crazy hours. But yeah, usually once things settle down and it's always around that time that it's kind of crazy because people are going back to school. So they were full time. They start working part time. So it's kind of like adjusting all your schedule schedules. Mm-hmm. But hopefully within a month, I should be back to a regular schedule and I'll, I'll be back for for supper and having more regular schedules. Do you use any specific tools to manage your days? How do you keep everything like on schedule? So it's it really I I like to work on paper. So I have mm-hmm. a I have my planner and I write everything in my planner. This is really how what works for me. So I try I really try to stay on top of everything, but sometimes things get out of hand. <laughs> <laughs> Because yes. it's just too much. Like I'll tell you, like right now I have so many unread emails. I'm like kind of running after time. I'm 24 hours. It's really not enough. I don't know who mm-hmm. came up with that number, but it's just <laughs> not enough time. So, but you know what? I kind of learned to let go. Yes. And I just tell myself that if it doesn't get done, then it just wasn't meant to get done because I just can't squeeze in more time. I just yeah. can't. But I try to find systems and I'm always trying to improve the system as well because, you know, we all do our, our to-do list. But I don't have one to-do list. I have like at least 15. Yeah. I have a to-do list for each of my stores and I have a to-do list for, you know, my marketing and for my upcoming projects and a to-do list for the family and to-do. Li- I mean, it's just like insane. And then I have follow-up lists, right? Because, I mean, I have people that I delegate projects to, but I need to do follow-ups with them. So mm-hmm. there's sometimes I'm just like, 
like how do people manage all of this information? There's just too much and there's not one single app that kind of gets everything done. Or if there is, please let me know. I would love to hear about it. <laughs> I'm always welcoming welcoming new ideas because it's tricky. It's mm-hmm. like you think that you're more organized up now that we have smartphones, but I'm not so sure. I think it just takes a lot of your time now because you're trying to organize. Yes. Get, being organized takes time. That's yes. what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yes. Yes, I agree. So you don't have like a personal assistant at, for work, someone no, who assists you? I need one. Oh my I, God. I totally need an assistant. I First of all, they need to be extremely organized. They need to be kind of need to think on their feet, right? Like figure it out on, on your mm-hmm. own. That, yeah, it's not, it, I don't know. It's not easy to find. And it needs to, it needs to be someone that you can trust, right? Liz, and, and I haven't found that yet, but I'm, I'm confident that I probably I'll probably find one eventually that I know it's going to be like a learning curve for them and for me and a learning to delegate. And Okay, guys, remember, this is part one of two episodes because Juliette talked about so many good things that I didn't want to cut them out for you. There will be a second part of the interview. It will be live next week. If you want to hear it, just subscribe to the podcast. And also, if you enjoy this, the episodes you've listened to so far, please leave us a review in iTunes on the Apple podcast, two, three, four, five stars, whatever you feel reflects the episode. So this will let me know what you enjoy and what can be improved. So distribute to more people so more mothers can also learn from these amazing guests and help them in their mom life. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you'll get the next episode. And thank you so much for listening. Talk to you next time. Bye, guys. Bye.